Hey everyone, I hope you're having a nice day. This episode is part two of my interview slash discussion with Torian. This episode, we really get into navigating Black Lives Matter and fighting for black rights while being a part of the LGBTQ plus community. This was really good. I just had to get this off my chest and I'm really excited for everyone to hear my thoughts and Torian's thoughts on this topic. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode and yeah, see y'all later. Bye. You ready to get into some of these topics? I am. Woo. <laughs> listen, I'm. I, listen, one thing you. Know, I'm telling y'all, listeners, now. Um, if you listen to the podcast, you know my mouth can be. You know. Listen, the so listeners. Warning. The listeners of the Devon Hour already know that we get nutty <laughs> and wild over here as well. So I hope they don't expect anything oh. fucking less from me. Perfect. Okay? Perfect. I'm in good company. Exactly. So now I just want to talk about this, this fucking world. Okay. (laughs) This damn world that we're living in currently is just honestly being ripped to shreds. (laughs) And I am here for it. Burn it down. As I said on on the podcast, burn it down. I'm here for it. Like one of the first things that I did not expect going into 2020 when the ball dropped, on January 1st, I was not expecting this bitch named Corona to come knocking my door down <laughs> and start taking my niggas out. I did not expect that at all. Right. I don't think any of us did. Well, some of us did. Um, no, none of us in community did. Like, there were people higher up who saw this coming. But, you know, I don't think any of us did. And it was a shock to us, um, to us all. And it's stressful, you know, especially if you're still working, especially if you're not working, right? There's all these different layers to what ha- what's happening yeah. with Corona. Um, and then on top of that, you know, the killings of black unarmed people, you know, and so you're just adding stress and trauma on yes. top of trauma. And it's just like, so but, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. I do think that Corona unveiled all of this. Like I, I feel like during our everyday routines, like we were, we were on Twitter and well, those who are active, like we were on Twitter going off, you know, telling people about themselves, reading bitches for filth. But then Miss Corona came and sat us all down and humbled everybody and then just yeah. brought up all the real issues that were happening right under our noses because our routine was distracting us from what was going right. on. And I think right. the first example of that was Ahmaud Aubrey. You know, mm-hmm. like that right there, I believe, was like the catalyst for all of what well, I won't say it wasn't like the original catalyst. It's been years and years and years of trauma right. before that. But right. like this Ahmad Aubrey in 2020 definitely like set it off for real. I think people just that's the straw that broke the camel's back. So I I agree. Um, I, I like you said, you know, we've always been used to just go 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 and being distracted from for the most part. You know, especially if you don't do this work. Right. You know, if you're outside, you know, if you're a bystander, or if you're a spectator to this work, you really you know literally just go about your day and your daily routines and so 
people having to be stuck in their house with nothing to do or with little to do and still got the television on while we may be working from home, you know, these things still taking place. It forced America to look at the reality of yeah. what the situations have been for years. Yeah. Right. But it, it has, I don't think it has ever been to a space where we can continue to just move forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. This yeah. put us in a, this was like a perfect cocktail of like revolution because of we all in our house, we all can't go outside. We all can't, you know, go about our normal regular days. And so it forced us to take a look at number one, ourselves, mm -hmm. number two, the world around us. And number three, decide, is this a world that we want to continue to live in? Is this the kind of world that we want to exist in? Right. Whether you are black or non-black, right? It, it's still that space of like, well, damn, do I really want to live in a world where black people can be killed, murdered by, you know, state, um, you know, by the state and it be okay, right? Yeah. I want that to be um, the world that I raise children in. Um, and so I, I definitely agree. I think, you know, it just, it's, I, it's funny because <laughs> it's funny because I said, you know, in 2020 coming into 2020, like this was going to be the year that realigns, um, the world, right. And realigns yeah. our lives. And ironically in a very interesting and a radical way, that's exactly what's happening right now. And you know, consistent. It forcing, okay. <laughs> it is forcing us to really take us a, a look at the shit that we've been dealing with and that we've been dealt um, yeah. and say, what are we going to do? You know, cause oftentimes it happens and we're like, oh, okay. The police officers were arrested and they were indicted. Okay, great. Now we go on with our day, right? We go on with, with our daily lives. Yeah. Um, and that's different now. I feel like we were for a while, like numb to everything that was going on because I feel like we kind of experienced it for so long. The, com the community was experiencing it for so long. So like, I feel like we were just kind of numb. And then when the coronavirus came and we were all like, like you said, all in our houses, we had nothing but social media, nothing but television to watch. And it was just like, wow, here we are again. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. the, like we can't avoid this now. Like this is, we, we, there's no we can't just go to work and like just ignore it this is in our face right. and so now we have to deal with it um yeah i think it sucks that it took a, a virus to come for us to finally get some fucking work done but i do think nope. that the world works in like it, the world works in such crazy ways things happen yeah. for a reason for real you know it's important that we so the messenger is just as important as the message, right? Okay. Because there are often times where you can hear the same thing spoken from somebody who you don't like. Yeah. And you will never receive that information. But if somebody who's your good Judy come and say the exact same thing, the exact mm -hmm. same way that that person you don't like said to you, you are like, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. Right. And so I think that it needed to, it had to be something radical, like a pandemic. Mm. It had, that had to be in place because for so long, We've been at this thing called protest. We've been at this thing called peacefully protesting. We've been at this thing for years, right? This is, isn't new. But again, there has never been a time where we were dealing with that at the same time as a pandemic. Right. Right. And so it had to happen this way because 
every other time, again, we marching in the streets, no justice, no peace, you know, um, justice for Trayvon Martin, right? Justice for all of the, Amadou Diallo, like we can go down the list, okay, of people who were murdered by police officers. And it's always was we march until we see something or some kind of justice happen, right? We march for people to get arrested or for people to be indicted or people to go to trial. And then if they don't get convicted, we march in some more. But then they do something, the system does something to pacify us and then we become okay with it. And we're like, okay, now we can move on because this now has happened. This is different now. This is a different shift yeah. than the way we've done it previously. And I feel like it was important that the pandemic happened because the pandemic, again, it created the right cocktail mm -hmm. for this to not just be centered around just the folks who were murdered and getting their people, the murderers, on trial and getting them arrested. It, it no longer was about that. Now it was about, let's now have a conversation about equity. Now let's have a conversation about justice. Now let's talk about po uh, police reform. Let's talk about defunding police, right? And so yeah. those conversations now are happening that never was happening before or were happening behind closed doors with only certain people there and not the community to back up and to advocate for those same kind of a movements. And so, you know, I, I believe that the pandemic had to happen. It was yeah. essential that it happened. If, outside of a pandemic, we would not be where we are, I believe, in this movement right now no because we would have been pacified already and would have been it would have been business as usual yes for real like i said i feel like we kind of just been this routine that we had yeah our routines distracted us from what the what the real issue was that was bubbling under um everything mm -hmm. uh, and it really yeah. does suck that it takes for us humans <laughs> to have to deal with something radical to be like oh maybe this is <laughs> maybe we need to change this maybe we need to yeah. fix that but also something that's been very interesting throughout this whole entire uh situation was that it's like a domino effect so now we're talking we talk about black lives and then we start talking about all black lives so now we're including yeah. the lgbtq community and we're including right. you know disabled people we're including fat people right. we're, we're including everything now because it is right. it is a domino effect and right. when we start talking about black lives matter it I think this whole entire thing just showed that it affects every single person. Yeah. I mean, it's especially not, when we have black trans people, black trans women being who, murdered. Who has been murdered just right. nonstop. I, rem I remember right. last year, because, you know, I really wasn't paying too close attention to that specific community last year. Uh, mm -hmm. I was always just focused on uh, the just cisgendered, <laughs> you know, queer male that's what it that was my focus right. but it really wasn't until right. i educated myself when i saw so many trans people being killed for literally no no reason just for being who they are being killed being right. harassed and then their cases never having any result that's another right. thing like there's just never been an, a result nobody has ever been arrested right so right. it's just it's so disheartening to, to see that right you know, and it, and it's, yeah, and, and, and I know that we're, we're going to talk about it, but this, this lends into the conversation about, you know, Black Lives Matter and how it incorporates queer people into that, right? Um, and if it does incorporate queer people into that, right? And yeah. Does that movement give space for 
queer people to be a part of that because whether you like it or not, queer people have always been a part of it, right? When we, we talk have been about at the head Stonewall, of it. Okay? When we talk about Stonewall, like, it was brought on by a black trans woman, okay? Who was like, fuck the police, <laughs> fuck New York City, fuck this shit, right? <laughs> and we're gonna set this bitch on fire. Yeah. Um, and so... You know, we have always been in a fight. We just had a conversation. You know, we just talked about Bayard Rustin, you know, who was, whether we want to believe it or not, was, you know, right there with Martin Luther King. And in mm -hmm. fact, you know, he was on the back, in, in the back end, handling the shit, okay? And, and, and Martin Luther King was the face of the movement, right? And so we have always been in the fight for equity and a fight for justice for all of Black people. And so it's it's disheartening when, you know, when we get to 2020 and the movement um, makes it feel like for Black queer people, we aren't a part of that, right? Yeah. We are somehow absent of um, of that. And so it, it's it's tough when it to dive comes, into it. <laughs> when it comes into, like, the conversation of Black Lives Matter, for years, I personally have felt like the community was just always excluded from it. Always felt like it was Black Lives Matter if you are cisgendered, you know, mm -hmm. if you are heterosexual. Let's be also clear, if you are male. That too. Right? Yeah, for right. real. It, I right. always felt like it's, we've just been excluded so much. So I have never really felt that real connection to the right. Black Lives Matter movement. Like I would witness, I see all of this happening, but I yeah. know for a fact when it's time to, let's start talking about trans lives, let's start talking about queer lives in general, it, nobody's going to be there to back us up. Because right. we're not valued. So, like, it's right. been... That's another part that, for me, has been very difficult, like, navigating through this Black Lives Matter movement. Because, yes, I want to be there, and I really want to uh, be as vocal. And you know what I mean? But I just know for a fact, when it is, if my life was in danger, or if any of my queer companions or queer uh, peers' lives are in danger, they're not going to get that backing you know from the movement or from the community from the black community right would i would i become a hashtag right or would i just be an afterthought would i be a hashtag in this movement with you fighting and um you know marching for me would that happen would you riot for my life exactly right would you would you loop for my for my life um and i don't think that we as queer people can say that that would be a thing i mean you know um i've i haven't seen in Black Lives Matter, you know, in the movement, I haven't seen people with signs of the trans women, Black trans women who've been murdered. I haven't seen that. Unless the person holding the sign is Black and queer or is queer themselves, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I was asked a question. I posted on my Facebook um, about Black Lives Matter and saying essentially like, if when you scream Black Lives Matter, it doesn't it doesn't include Black queer lives, and your statement and your shouting is equivalent to people who say All Lives Matter in response to Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. right? It falls on deaf ears. It's not it's it's dismissing of people, and so I you know I I, I wrote that, and somebody commented and said, "Well, who said that Black Lives Matter does not include queer people?" And I'm like, "Are we really about to have this conversation? Like, is that a real question that you want to yeah. ask me?" Like, is that we? And, and this was from a black queer person, um, in which I go, I go again and say, you know, um, all skin folk ain't kin folk, mm -hmm. right? 
And so, you know, being very clear that, you know, yes, my life mattered, but also remember that we as black queer people have always been in the fight for equity. We have always marched. We have always stood, you know, in the forefront of this movement. And so to now exclude us is problematic. And it's up to us as queer people to make sure that we're not forgotten in this movement. We are, it's up to us to ensure that our voices are heard and that we echo along with the larger echo that, you know, our black queer lives matter just as much as the black lives that are cisgendered, male and uh, female, right? Um, trans people are, you know, just as important and their lives matter as well. Um, we have to do that in the fight. Yeah, I think this was brought up in one of your podcast episodes as well, where one of you visited, like, a, a went to a protest, and how somebody yeah. says, like, uh, Black Queer Lives Matter, and then it just was silent. Like, it was like, right. you know, and, and that it, was in Philly. Yeah. That was in Philly. Okay, that was in Philly. <laughs> yeah, and this <laughs> happened. City of brotherly love. <laughs> and the same thing happened here in Jersey City when I went to a protest, um, social distancing, of course, I can't. I got to stress that, you know, 20 <laughs> feet away from everybody else. <laughs> um, Come on, disclaimer. Okay. And I was, I was hearing somebody say, like, Black Queer Lives Matter. Silence. And I yeah. was like, no, but none of y'all. Like, nobody is going to yeah. speak up or say anything. Because it is so tiring to have for Black Queer people to constantly fight this fight on their own. We can't fix this this is not something that we started this is something that cisgendered heterosexual white supremacy once again here we go i blame everything right. on white supremacy don't care <laughs> um <laughs> you know that's 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 who started this it wasn't us yeah. you know so when we yeah. are having these conversations about black lives matter and and i also think tone plays a part too like we could we hear we could feel it like oh they want us to put our blackness first this this, we're just going to focus right. on blackness instead of identity and, and in general. And let's be very clear. This whole notion of like, I'm black before I'm queer. <laughs> that's, that's a falsehood. You know, when I walk out the door, I don't get to put down any identity. I can't, I, I, I can't walk out and say, you know what? Today, I'm only going to wear my blackness. Right. Right. I can't walk out the door and say, oh, today I'm going to put my blackness on a shelf. And all I'm going to do is, is celebrate my queerness. Like, we don't have that option. That's not a thing. The same way that black cisgendered individuals say that, you know, I, you don't get to tell me that you don't see color. Right. Because I don't have the privilege to walk out the door and not see my color. It's the same way. I don't get the privilege to walk out and not experience, you know, phobias because I'm queer. Right. right. Or I can't. So, so don't tell me that I need to somehow separate my identities to, to appease your movement. Like, right. no, that's not, that's not going to happen. I am both queer and black at the same time. Cause every time I show up in this space, I, I show up in my wholeness and my fullness. You don't get, you don't get to, you don't have the license or permission. Okay. To tell me that I have to be black before I'm queer. Right. No, and my, that's and, how that works. And my blackness is not my only struggle. Okay. So I can't, I can't just be like, oh, this is it. This is all we're going to focus on. No, because okay, just right. like how people, when I go into new spaces, people see my blackness. I'm also having to come out again. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not right. something that I could just, just suppress and just forget about and just put right. this there, especially when our queer 
peers and our queer black fam- black people are just being ignored and they're not you know getting the getting that recognition as well so i can't just forget that, like yeah. how would i how would i look as a queer individual and just just go along with this movement and other queer people are struggling that doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> that that is, you know what i and it's funny that you say that because that literally was the the thought in my brain it's like especially when my other identity is also being oppressed like right. i cannot you you can't ask me to, to put down my whole identity or parts of my identity when those identities as well are being oppressed or what's even the right? fucked up part is that one of my identities is oppressing my other identity ah you i i'm so glad that we are in tune because literally that was going to be my next statement like especially when most of the time many of the times it's my blackness that is oppressing my queerness yeah and and so we have to have those conversations i in fact after uh that episode uh where we talked about black lives matters and do queer oh the extinction um, of the tops yes uh okay (laughs) And someone inboxed me and was like, you know, they shared um, the post that I made um, sharing the podcast and they sent it to me. And then they were like, you know, um, you know, are you open to having a dialogue about this? And I was like, of course, you know, I'm always down for a good conversation and the debate. Like, and the individual was like, you know, I feel like in this moment, we should not be um, airing out our inner uh, battles for the public, you know, in the public space, because then that shows division, which makes it easier for the oppressors to not give us what we need, because for them, it's like, oh, well, oh, um, because, you know, then the oppressors will not want to give us what we want because they see, like, we're not united in the work that we're doing in this fight. And my thing was, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Like okay. we are capable of, of dealing with two different issues at the same time. We are not. We can multitask. We, we can multitask, right? <laughs> we can have a conversation over here and they cannot, and they could be exclusive. They don't have to be conversations that are happening together. Right. We can have a conversation over here about oppression of black people. And guess what? Queer people can be in that conversation. And we can also have a conversation of how in this movement, queer people are being, uh, made to be invisible from this movement of equity for all black people. Like we yeah. can do both at the same time. And, and, and so I, I need us all to remember that, like we can deal with multiple things at one time, because if we're talking about having to deal with one issue at a time, I can tell you now we will not have equity for a long time. <laughs> okay. Right. And I don't know about you, but 400, it's 400 years is already, too long okay so let's not have to make four more four more hundred years before we get a slither of equity that's not going to work for us right give me my reparations (laughs) okay give me my my acres and my mule i posted something the other day you know that post that was going on about like we're men and we build and da 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 that bullshit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so i (laughs) So I posted that um, and I said, I changed up the words a little bit and I was like, well, yeah, y'all men don't really build shit. You guys don't do nothing, but (laughs) I said, y'all don't do nothing. You guys are at the front lines of the community and yet you are useless. Like you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're not like upholding 
the community. Like, I feel like black, I don't know if this is like society or like the white supremacy. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like I'm just so disappointed in my cisgendered heterosexual black men. I don't know. Help me out, Torian. <laughs> Help me. So I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, and I, I, <laughs> I don't want to say that, again, I think that black cisgendered heterosexual men are in the fight. I don't want to say that they're not in the fight. I think my issue or my concern with black cisgendered heterosexual men is that it feels like they're in the fight for themselves. Exactly. That they want equity for themselves, but we can give a damn about all the other black lives, right? Exactly. All yes. the other people who are oppressed. And I think that that's my, that's my biggest concern is that, you know, again, that they're in it for themselves when black women, when black queer people are always at the forefront, always speaking for all of us and supporting all of us as a community. Cause I want to be very clear that there are definitely some, some uh, skin folk who ain't kin folk. Um, in both the black queer space as well as the black women. That's space, the title right? of this so episode. I'm being <laughs> okay. All skin folk and kin folk, um, and I think that that's important to recognize, right? But when I think about for the majority, I, I it feels like to that. But yes, yeah, so I think that that's you know that really is the issue, um, and it sucks. It sucks because oftentimes, as much as they want to. Uh, you know, emasculated us, right? Yeah, yeah. And and make queer queer men feel like we're not men. You know, we are the ones that's taken up. And I saw a post today on social media that, and I, I had to reshare it because it was talking about how uh, black gay men are always defending black women um, against it. Like you can't say shit about a black woman in front of black queer men. And I'm like. Absolutely, you can't say shit about it. Let me tell you something. I have, I have cussed yes. out, I have cussed out a woman who was disrespecting a black woman who was disrespecting her mother in the shop in in, in a, a supermarket. I work, and I was, I was like, I'm sorry. Who are you talking to like that? Like, I know you're not talking to her like that. Oh my goodness, that's my mama. I don't give a fuck who she is to you. Don't you be talking <laughs> to that black woman like that? Absolutely not. That's your elder. And and the fact that it's your mother makes it worse. Right. Like, I know let's that have mama, that conversation. I know that mom was looking at you like Like right. how dare you? Not in my head together. Now, somebody else, you may get that in some other space, but you're not gonna get that right now. You know what I mean? And and uh, to me, it's black women are sacred to me. Like never in my presence could somebody disrespect a black woman. And so you know, I say all of that to say like we are always in the forefront of the of defending all of us. And it's like yeah. when are you as black cisgendered heterosexual men, when are y'all going to join that fight? And please don't tell me, please don't tell me, oh, you can't because you don't want to be standing next to some sissy or you don't want to be standing next to, like, the, the, come on. You know what I mean? Like, we Get know you're over you yourself. Get over it's yourself. okay. And, and we don't want you. We don't want you. We good on you. We good on it. Like, we, we want equity, okay? We ain't trying to get in your pants. We ain't trying to get you in our beds. Like, it's good. It, we're cool. Like, yeah. we just want equity like you want equity. I always felt like there's this disconnect between me and other black men for that reason, because I feel like they were always in it for themselves. And I think you hit the nail on the head, exactly. Like, that was exactly my thought process, and you just got it out. Thank you so much, Tori. And oh, my God, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, I feel like they were always in it for themselves, so that disconnect 
that's why I don't feel like I ever had like a real good relationship with as many cishet black men that I've been like, you know, been in the same rooms with. Like, I just haven't had that connection. Only a few. Shout out to my boy Darius because yeah. he's only been, he's been amazing ever since we were like 10. Like, he's been absolutely yeah. amazing. But like, it's very few. And I always really wanted more. Like, I always wanted to have, you know, more cishet friends and more cishet um, platonic friends, you know, relationships and stuff. And it just <laughs> was not happening because that disconnect was right there. There's always some right. ignorant shit. And also, I don't want to. I don't want to keep on educating everybody. Like I, that gets tiring. Having to constantly educate men on what to say and what not to say, on how this is wrong and why this. And a lot of the, a lot of time for them just to argue you down about it, and you're stressed out. You're like, yo, whatever, fuck it. Like, <laughs> you know, I think that that's. I'm glad that you said that because <laughs> it is so essential that we as queer people take care of ourselves and understanding that sometimes. It is not. It is not our jobs to teach and educate everybody. Yeah, I am. As much as I say, you know, I, I support teachable moments. I also, at the same time, despise teachable moments. Yeah, because yeah. why is the onus on me to teach you about some shit that you should already know, that you should want to educate yourself about? Exactly, um, and that's my issue. You know, it's equivalent to me when I get into spaces and I have to, I have to educate, quote unquote you know, non-blacks about racism or about their microaggressions, you know, and why you talking about, you know, as a, a white cisgender queer man, you know, in conversations about Juneteenth going to say, um, you can't wait to have fried chicken and watermelon to celebrate Juneteenth. The fuck? Help me, un like, like, I don't want to have to sit you down and be like, you realize that that was very racist comment right you do realize that that was a race a very racially charged conversation uh, uh, statement right you realize yeah. that. like i don't want to have to do that and and break down why that is a racially charged like i don't want to have to do that and that's not the work that i have to always do it's always somehow our responsibility as black folks black queer folks black women black people to educate others about some shit that we didn't fucking create we didn't create racism we right. did that we create this system. We happen to just have to live and navigate through this and do it the best way that best way that we can. But we do want to show you some shit that's like, you know, this shit is not okay. But I shouldn't have to also be the people to teach you. Yeah, why this is not okay. It is annoying. I, I'm not. Mm -mm. It is yeah, annoying. For it. As oppressed people, we constantly have to educate, um, and then yeah. we also have, always have to educate our own goddamn fucking people. And it's J. Cole, for example. Let's let, let me just get this out here because you know I have kind of retired pop culture off the Devon Hour, but let me just dig into J. Cole's ass real fucking quick because there is no reason why you are checking a black woman's tone when you release this whole passive aggressive ass fucking song telling her that oh her tone is this that excuse you sir and you're supposed to be this this symbolism of like of wokeness and right. of black education and come to find out your your black ass can't read a fucking book are you kidding me <laughs> I, I mean i i don't know i i know j cole i don't listen to j cole i'm not a you know i'm not really a pop culture-y person um, I, you know, but you're right. You know, that's, that's the stuff that we have to deal with. It's like foolishness. It's like, oh, okay. And, and, and what I love is that we often feel very comfortable with checking black women. And when I say that we, I mean, as black men, 
right? Oftentimes we're very good at, or we we're, feel real comfortable checking a black woman. But we we'll sit and let a white man say whatever the fuck he want to say without checking his ass. Like I yeah. have a problem with that. Or white women, and let me not. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I don't want to start to talk about white women, okay? Because for me, white women are more problematic than white men. No, we could save that for another episode. Uh, that could be a whole another conversation. <laughs> but I personally, feel, I personally feel like white women are more problematic than white men. You know. Um, and so I just find it very disheartening when we can always feel free to, to check our own, but we can't check the oppressor. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. I'm Which not, is why I like, check them. I check the oppressor every chance I get. Oh, 100%. Uh, I'll well, check a, I'll check a bitch just cause. Okay. I don't give a fuck who you okay. are. What was it? What was it? <laughs> For real. Yeah. That white woman, mm-hmm. that's an episode within itself. Is. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That is it. And, yeah. and let me be also be very clear. I love. You know, I love Rachel McAdams. I think she's a lovely actress. Um, Lindsay <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Lohan was amazing in Freaky Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, we have some very we have some white women who are in the fight. I have a a, a white woman who's you know in the fight, and you know, what I mean, like. She's in the trenches, you know, yeah, fighting yeah. the good fight. Um, and I love her for it, you know, but I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I have to, I'll be looking side eye. Sometimes, fight. sometimes. You got to. But got that's to. why it's important for uh, like us to have people that are willing, like just in case if we do have to address to something that they're willing to listen, at least like there's some people right. who will argue you down about <laughs> with their ignorance like they're, they're going to stick right. to it i said what i said and that's it like, i said what i said and that's it and i ain't changing it right but i ain't you, changing it yeah but it's important to have people who are willing to have conversations and willing to learn um so i guess in some of all this and once again this is just a reflection of how one issue is just a domino effect right. of others and how one yeah. How we can't just ignore one thing because it doesn't directly affect us. Everything affects right. us indirectly and directly. It still affects us. Absolutely. So yeah, I think that's a good way to leave it off right there. We went off. <laughs> <laughs> we did okay, and and that's what I think. That, that that's the thing about these conversations is that you know these conversations can take a um can become their own thing you know because again like you said everything is interconnected you know mm-hmm. we can tie everything back into systemic racism everything that happens can go back into and tie into white supremacy and systemic racism everything even even the issues within the black community can be can go back and be connected to white supremacy right <laughs> isn't that crazy and how it is you know but it's also the thing that why I also, at the same time, I give my people grace mm-hmm. because I recognize that it's not their doing. They didn't create themselves to feel and be this way. Now, yeah. now it is their fault that they're staying that way because right. when we know better, we, we do better. But so it, it is on them the reason why they still are in that place, but it's not their fault that, that they got to that place. And so I, I give my people grace on that front, but everything can be connected to racism. Everything. For real. For mm-hmm. real. So yeah, thank you so much. We're gonna leave it off right there. Um, everybody, 
Check out his podcast, Catch My B-A-G, yes. My Black and Gay. They have amazing, amazing discussions. Everybody on that podcast is absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, if I you haven't, if great. you... If y'all haven't heard the episode that I was on where we talked about, as I said, the extinction of the tops, I think that would have been a, a bomb-ass episode title. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We, and that's another conversation that can go on and on and on, child. Because, I listen, I love my tops. I love my bottoms. I, I celebrate all. I, I think I said it before. Like, I'm a feminist. And people are like, you're a feminist. I am a feminist. And I'm a, I'm a holistic feminist, okay? I celebrate feminine men. I, I celebrate all femininity in all of its forms. I mm-hmm. celebrate it. I uplift it. I encourage it. Be you, boo. Yes. So go yes. Tell, tell everybody where they could find you and how they could support you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, um, yes, if you go to my, um, on Instagram, my um, TL underscore Baskerville, that's B-A-S-K-E-R-V-I-L-L-E. I know it's long. Um, but yeah, you can go in there and find me also on there. Um, my information for Mounted Wings Group is on for my LLC. It's on there. You'll get my email. You can send me an email, send me a message. It's, my page is not private. So, you know, feel free to reach out to me if you need me on Facebook. It's Torian L. Baskerville, uh, T-O-R-R-I-A-N-L Baskerville. Um, yeah. And, and also please, please, please support the podcast at catch my black and gay um it is it's been a whirlwind and we're, we're, we're super excited for it um um if, and where this is going so definitely hit us up hit me up yeah things are really popping off with that podcast and i'm so happy to see it and i'm so happy i caught on to y'all guys early on like i'm so happy yeah. i did <laughs> yeah so i could so ride that wave okay okay <laughs> so you you've been here from the start okay you've okay. been here from the beginning <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Torian, for coming on to this sh- onto the podcast um i just want to say a big shout out to the black minds that's my little protégés um shout out to Bree, zach and sincere they've been killing it they just released a juneteenth episode today um well this is going to be uploaded like uh, weeks later but still go listen to it um <laughs> it was a really really good episode and i just absolutely love them they're like they were my i was an ra they were my residents okay i remember so an ra back in the day you were ra i was an ra yes i was an ra back in the day <laughs> you understand me on so many Torian, I, why why do I we do. why do we always intersect like this what is going on <laughs> yes i was an ra yeah for two semesters i couldn't do it after that but yeah i was an ra See, you see this shit? You see that? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I get the struggles of dealing with residents. Okay. <laughs> and and um, administration. I get it. <laughs> yeah, so give them a... They were my residents. They were, they were lovely residents. And um, they really wanted to do a podcast based off of blackness. And um, nice. shout out to Zach and Sin, which is, once, I, once again, one of the few cisgender heterosexual men who have been absolutely amazing and supportive for everything and supportive towards me for everything. So go check them out. I love them so much. Um, thank you, Torian. Once again, check out the catch my black and gay podcast. That's it. Tune in next week. We're going to have a very, very special guest. I'm going to keep it to myself. You will see when I upload the promo period. <laughs> <laughs> period. Pooh. All righty. Bye.